Heavenly Father, we pray that you would speak to us now, that we would know that you are our shield, our glory, and the lifter of our head. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've got a little question for you this morning. And the question is this. Did you sleep well last night? Hands up if you slept well. Some people did. Yeah, anyone not not sleep very well? Some people, yeah. Um, Some people have a, a nice, long, refreshing sleep. And you would have woke this morning ready to take on the world. Whereas other people, uh, and I feel your pain, uh, have one of those disturbed, uh, seeing every hour, tossing and turning kind of nights. Uh, According to some survey or other that was in a newspaper, uh, 25 people, not 25 people, 25% of people in the UK have some form of sleep disorder, uh, which means that they can't sleep at night, and then all day you feel really tired and feel like you could sleep all day. It might be though that you couldn't sleep uh, because someone else was snoring. Anyone ever have that? <laughs> it might be marital strife, so we'll move on quickly. So we will. Um, or perhaps even worse, you've woken yourself uh, with your snoring. Um, some people even have their sleep ruined by sleepwalking or sleep talking I do both those so you can sympathise with Lindsay later on so you can or maybe maybe you weren't able to sleep because someone sorry because you weren't able to switch off because there's some worry that keeps going round and round and round in your head and you don't know what to do about it you're always thinking about it You're always worrying about it. Now I should mention at this point that just because we're talking about sleep and thinking about sleep doesn't mean that you should take that as an invitation to sleep. (laughs) Right now remember I can see you. If you can see me, I can see you. I'm not afraid to name and shame. If I know your name that is, of course. (laughs) In our psalm this morning... Page 544, if you've closed your Bible. In our psalm this morning, Psalm 3, David describes his night's sleep. Look at verse 5 with me. He says, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. He seems to have had a very good night's sleep. And you might be thinking, well, you know, that's all right for him. David was the king. He was probably in his royal palace in a four-poster bed and a comfortable mattress and a nice duvet. Of course David would have slept well. And you think to yourself, well, you know, if I was in Buckingham Palace, I would sleep well as well. 
But then when you look at the title of the psalm, at the little letters just under where it says Psalm 3, at the words before the first verse, we see that David wasn't in his nice comfy bed in the palace. In fact, David wasn't even in the city. He was on the run. It says a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. See, David was the king in Jerusalem. But his son Absalom had risen in rebellion against him. Earlier in Second Samuel 15, you can read about how Absalom made himself popular with everyone. He made David, his father, out to be a really bad king who didn't really care about anybody and, and got everybody around to support him and then announced himself as king. So as Absalom comes towards the city, David runs away from the city. He flees. Everyone seems to have turned against him. Look at, at verses 1 and 2. Here's how bad the situation is. O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Now it's not that David is asking there, how many people are there against me? As if he's trying to count them. Rather, he's saying, look, Lord, look how many are against me. It's as if David is looking behind him. He sees the crowd following Absalom. Many foes, many have risen against me. Many talking about me. And if it goes on numbers, then David is finished. All these people are against him. They're out to get him. And they reckon that God doesn't want him either. Dale Ralph Davis, one of the Bible commentators, says that his opponents are many, mean and mouthy. Do you see what they're saying about him in verse 2? God will not deliver him. It's a bit like the saying that you might have heard or maybe used. You couldn't like him if you heard him. Well, they are sure that God won't help him, won't deliver him, and certainly doesn't like him or love him. Maybe someone has said something similar about you at some point in the past. Or maybe you've thought it yourself. I wonder, have you ever said to yourself, God's not going to help me. Or why would God want me? But don't believe that lie. Now picture yourself in David's position in verses 1 and 2. You've had to flee from your palace and your hometown. You're with a small band of followers and evening comes. You're not lying in your palace with guards surrounding you you're lying on the ground do you think that you would sleep very much in that situation would you not lie awake 
listening for some sound, listening for the noise of Absalom's army? Do you think you'd be able to sleep for fear of what might happen in the darkness of the night? So how do we get from this desperate situation in verses 1 and 2 to verse 5 where David lay down and slept and awoke? Well, how how do you get there? Well, we have to go through verses 3 and 4. And as we do that, you might also have noticed the extra wee word at the end of verse 2 and the end of verse 4, Selah. No one really knows what it means, but it's found in in loads of the Psalms. Some people think it might be a musical term, uh, but it also seems like a pause for thought indicator. Uh, It comes at the end of verse 2 as if David is reflecting on this situation, this dreadful situation that he's in. Everyone else has it in for me, verse 3, but you are a shield about me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. Here's the reason David could sleep so well. Even with all those people out to get him, he knows that the Lord, at the promise-making, promise-keeping God, is three things. First of all, he is a shield around me as we thought about uh, with the children and young people earlier on God is like a shield protecting us no matter what comes our way secondly uh, you bestow glory on me Uh, or as you'll see in the footnote if you look down at the very bottom of the page um, it also can mean my glorious one other versions simply say my glory The one that David delights in. The one whose opinion really matters. You know, all these people are saying this. But God, you're the one I'm I'm trusting in. You're the one I'm looking to. And then thirdly, you lift up my head. With all these people against him, with all his worries and his woes, David's head must have been down. But God lifts his head, gives him strength and grace and purpose. The Lord is protection and satisfaction and encouragement. What would you do differently this week compared to last week if you knew this protection and satisfaction and encouragement of the Lord? That you knew that the Lord was with you as your shield, your glory, and the lifter of your head. Now how does David know this? How does this work out in his life? Well he tells us in verse 4, To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answers me from his holy hill. David might have left Jerusalem behind. He might have left the the Ark of the Covenant behind. But God still hears David and still answers David from his holy hill. 
wonder if you remember at last week in Psalm 2, God's answer to uh, the nations around about uh, opposing God was to install his king on his holy hill. And now in Psalm 3, even when David the king has been evicted, God is still there. He's still on the holy hill. God has not been evicted. And God is in charge. When you know that God is in control, when you know that God is in charge, when you know that God is for you, then you don't need to fear anyone or anything. So even on that rough ground, David had a good night's sleep. He did it because the Lord sustains me. Do you see how he keeps going? Therefore in verse 6, I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. David isn't trusting in his own strength. He doesn't think that he can take them all on himself. David's trust is in his shield, his glory, the lifter of his head, no matter how many people might be against him. And so he calls God to action. Verse 7. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. Notice that this isn't David saying what he's going to do. He's calling on God to arise, to deliver him. It's God who will deal with David's enemies as he strikes them on the jaw and breaks their teeth. That means that they won't be able to bite and they won't be able to speak out at those wrong things about him anymore. Verse 8 brings the psalm to a close and shows us the message of the psalm in one little easy to remember verse. Despite the big problems that David had, despite all the people who were after him, David was able to lie down and sleep. He wasn't depending on himself. His trust was in God because he knows the truth of verse 8. Look at it with me. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. David faced massive opposition. Do you remember what they said? They said, God will not deliver him. But it is from the Lord that deliverance comes. Or as some other versions put it, salvation belongs to the Lord. The Lord is the one who saves. The one who delivers. We just need to cry out to him as David does here. David sang of the Lord's salvation. But we also hear another king singing the same song. I don't know if you saw any of the Glastonbury uh, coverage last weekend. 
Um, during one of the performances, uh, someone sent out a funny tweet uh, which said, it's a shame Barry Gibb hasn't got more of his own material. First he covered Take That, then Boy's Own, and now Steps. And what they were getting at was that, you know, all the songs that the Bee Gees recorded in the 1970s, Take That and Steps and Boy's Own, they were singing the same songs in the 1990s. And a whole lot of people replied to the person and said, are you stupid? But do you see what what the point is here? That David the king sings this song of the Lord's salvation, but another king covers the same song. He sings the same song much later. And this king knew what it was to, to face massive opposition. For people to taunt him about his God. For people to question his faith. He sang the same song. And he went the same way as David. I wonder did you notice in our readings in 2 Samuel 15 and verse 23. King David and his followers crossed the Kidron Valley. Leaving Jerusalem to go up the Mount of Olives. And in John chapter 18 and verse 1. Jesus and his disciples. Where did they go? They crossed the Kidron Valley. And went into the Olive Grove. On the Mount of Olives. Psalm 3 is David's song. But it's also Jesus' song as well. Because Jesus faced even greater opposition and yet submitted to what lay before him. Jesus trusted so that God the Father brought him not just through sleep, but brought him through death to the waking of the resurrection to bring salvation to you and to me. Jesus endured the scorn and the opposition to provide us with his salvation. Jesus is the one who shields us, is the one who is our glory and who lifts up our head. Because the Lord gives deliverance, so he provides blessing to his people. So when it comes bedtime tonight how will you sleep when all the litany of woes begins when all those things start whirring round in your head will you join with David in recognising who God is my shield my glory and the one who lifts up my head And as you do, cry out to him. As David says in the psalm, he will answer. He will sustain. And he will deliver you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that each of us gathered here today would know that you are our shield our glory and the lifter
of our head. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.